Yippee ki yay, Steve. That's not the quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's let's keep things decent for the first four seconds. All right, yippee ki yay, Moraine. <laughs> that sounds better. <laughs> oh, so close! Wow, okay. that was such a cool range of movies, wasn't it? It was. Yes, yes, it was. Okay, I'm just looking at some of the things on the uh, on the machine here they're okay all right okay 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 uh, we started on such a high and then we, we did yeah kind of fell flat oh did okay. i oh, oh. i'm so sorry ah doesn't matter yippee ki moraine hello 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 <laughs> it's gonna be one of those nights isn't it probably <laughs> gonna be one of those nights that's what we do best it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a great day outside it's summer really has started oh I'll, yes yes uh, yes yes yeah, absolutely. So sitting in here in my office, mm-hmm. recording uh, our one hundred and fifty-first ever podcast. If we include all of the we drams, all of the stuff we did at Christmas, all of the normal podcasts we've done, we released our hundred and fiftieth podcast uh, with our sponsor, Cloud Ally. Nice. That was 150. Nice, nice, nice. And of course, we've ignored that because we think this is the main beast. And so we ever really only ever count these. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's cool that Transistor, the platform that we use it, actually said, oh, look, 150. And Spotify said the same. I saw it at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Spotify said 150 as well. Nice. So that's been good. It's been a pleasure, every one of them. Absolutely. Uh, Likewise. You know, the ones are the best. The ones that the, I record the weed on my own you here. Do by yes, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I should have. I should have known. You, know, well, you did see that coming. We both no. did. No, they're not true at all. These are well. Listen, approaching five years. Yeah, we have to have some kind of magic in this play, don't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, you had a good few weeks because it seems a bit of a. We've not been doing our regular two weeks. They've been. No, no, we 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 had some yeah, we had some changes. There were some some holidays uh, that were getting in the way and all that. With some travel as well, so yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you go to visit any distilleries? Um, I did. No, actually, yes, I know you did. <laughs> yes, and you brought some stuff home with you. Yes, I had a, a kind of disappointment. So um, uh, Anna's going to go to York uh, in September to do her uh, master's degree. Mm-hmm. Anna's so, your daughter, by the way. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. I'm, I would have thought yeah, that yeah. most people would mm-hmm. work that out by now. Um, and um, uh, she's going to go to York, so we decided we got three or four days off. Let's go and, and take her around. She can go to the university. Uh, which we did, which was pretty cool. York, mm-hmm. if you guys have never been to York, if you're in the UK, then uh, I'm sure you go, yeah, York. I went there when I was a kid at school, and I'm sure you did just like me. If you're an American, they're going, oh, I've always wanted to go to New York. It's not a very good accent, That's, really, was it? No, no, no that was horrible. But, you know, I'm fairly okay. sure it's on the Americans' visiting list. Yeah. In fact, I bumped into a bunch of Americans when I was out drinking. I'll tell you about those okay. in a minute. So um, do they call that Old York? York is an old, an yeah, old yeah. Time. I mean, but I mean, like in the US, you've got New, New York, York, so is and that old, now old York? York? Oh, I don't know. Ah. We went past a place called Old Dolby, really. <laughs> yeah, there's a village called Old Dolby, and every so often, depending on which way we drive around Nottingham Way, we find Old Dolby, which always makes me smile. So, tell me that you at least have a selfie with you and the, the city sign name. Of old Dolby, no, because no. we end up driving past it most of ah. the time. Okay. Um, but so yeah, so York it was really cool. It's it's mm-hmm. a really happening town. It's picking up a lot of uh, hen and stag parties just because there are bars and restaurants and pubs in this beautiful old kind of medieval layout of a city. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, with the most amazing cathedral, what they call mm-hmm. the Minster. Yeah. It's. I know you've been there for I've a few there, hours. Yeah. yeah. But no, I had a great time wandering around. I just just ch- tasting some new whiskies, and I, mm-hmm. I found a few that I'd not tasted irish i had one night i drank nothing but irish whiskey okay and um and uh, as i was sitting down this guy introduced himself so immediately i thought american and they were on a beer drinking trip so they were they were independent brewers from the u.s and they got okay. a 12-day tour um and uh and one was they were both drinking beer and of course we ended up talking about distilling and brewing so i had of a course, very pleasant yeah. couple of hours oh, cool. that was cool and then i went to a distillery so i said 
because I was away. Hey, I must see with there's a local distillery. Uh, first of all, we need to give a shout out to Dylan because Dylan managed, Hayes. Yes, yes, I remembered the name this time. This time cool, we right? remembered yeah. the name. Um, but of course, uh, he texted us some years ago about having found some Filey whiskey, which yes. we tasted mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, yes, I found a, some Filey whiskey. Uh, and then I went to um, a place called Cooper King. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, a, it's a distillery with a story, all right, uh, in that it's a young I love couple. a good oh. distillery with a good story. So I set myself up for this, this trip, all right? Mm-hmm. I went, yes, they're doing whiskey, they're doing gin and all that kind of stuff, but they're doing whiskey. So I kind of uh, uh, said to Silver, like, you know, well, look, uh, Saturday you can drop me off because then I can taste all the whiskeys and yep. not worry about it. And she went, yeah, no issues. I'll go and have a walk or whatever. We ended up walking in the morning to the place where Dylan had actually done one of his 55-mile runs. Oh, and, I, yeah. and he said, oh, I know where you are. I've been up those 400 bloody steps after I've run 30 miles and I've still got 30 to go or something oh, stupid. Geez. And I was going, man, I had to stop and start up these steps and I just wandered gently on my feet. So we, we did, he talked about the Filey stuff. Um, and um, I guess to the distillery, we were late because of that walk, but they punched me in for the afternoon. Uh, and they haven't got any whiskey ready yet. So oh, I no. went, but I've just read it on the website. And yeah, but if you read it on the website, it says that, you know, it's due out soon because whiskey takes three years and a day. Yeah. Um, and this couple discovered whiskey in uh, Tasmania in Australia when cool. they were on holiday. Okay. They were looking for a business to do together themselves. Okay. He's an architect. She's a medical researcher or something. Okay. And so they, long story longer, um, they uh, they went, this Tasmanian distillery won an award and they knew Masters and Malt because he'd done some work for them. So he said, look, if you buy us dinner, I'll go and visit the distillery and I'll get you a, uh, we'll go and have a talk about their whiskey and I'll write you an item for your blog. Yeah, and they okay. kind of worked out that maybe this is the business they could do together that they were looking for. Hmm. So Wait, s- let, let me call my girlfriend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, Honey, uh, we've got a business proposition. Yeah. <laughs> That would go down. Well, actually, mm. in your case, it might. She does like her whiskey. She does so. like her whiskey. Anyway, um, so they then stayed over in Australia three more months learning how to make whiskey at this Tasmanian... Um, nice. Uh, yeah, superb. So, of course, they came back and they made handmade gin because they needed to do that for three years. Yeah, you years. need the income while your whiskey. So maturing. when I was there they didn't have any whiskey, as I said, so I ended up drinking their gin, which I don't like gin, but it was particularly good. However, they were sell- they had a bottle there of new make, their, their raw spirit. Yes. And we tasted it last week because I said, hey, taste yes. this. And it is full of promise. Oh yeah. Absolutely yes. full of promise. Yes. So I'm on their mailing list uh, uh-huh. and hopefully we'll I'll get a bottle of their first bottling if mm-hmm. i'm quick mm-hmm. and uh but yeah it's uh an interesting little shack <laughs> it's like okay. a portable wooden building they've just created two bottles of gin that are zero carbon neutral so they're oh nice completely carbon neutral yes. uh and they've got like um uh containers you know like shipping containers mm-hmm. all insulated and you walk yeah. in there and the smell is delicious because it's full of barrels so that's their warehouse that their warehouse containers. is three three <gasps> shipping containers nice. so they they really are trying to do it well so castle king uh it looks like it's the newest uh english distillery uh about to release their first make because they actually are longer than three years so there was barrels around but, uh-huh. of course, their biggest problem with all of these is that, you know, like when you go to um, Corollas and you buy their yearly bottle. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. after limiting it because, yeah, somebody buys it and two minutes later it's online well, it's, and it doubles the price. It's not that limited these days anymore. Like, oh, this is a limited edition of 60,000 bottles. Yeah, but yeah, you know what I mean. It's not but people that limited it. anymore. But, okay. so, but so they need to have enough in stock to be able to yes. meet their initial demands. So they're waiting. I think it would due out by the end of the year. So, so that was cool. I had a, a nice trip. I enjoyed it. The, uh, cool. the lady were doing the presentations. And for the hen party that turned up on the tour, uh, thank you. It was incredibly entertaining. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good fun. So that's what I did for over the bank holidays, all those May Day bank holidays. So it was pretty cool. Nice. And I'm sorry, everybody. Ten minutes of me and whiskey already, and we haven't even talked about our great subject hey, we've got tonight. this is story time. I mean, yeah, yeah that's, that's what makes this work. 
No. So. Well, yeah. tonight, tonight's whiskey is very, very special. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Cloud Ally, this is their third uh, whiskey on, on the podcast uh, mm-hmm. that they bought for us. So we... Uh, if you, listen, just to let anybody know here, if you have not listened to episode 113 mm-hmm. with Murray Mossery, Mossery, yeah. yeah, thank you, uh, it is a gem. Yes. Uh, and we tasted a great whiskey at the end of it. But oh, today yeah. we have a tomatin, tomatin? Tomatin. Tomatin. Yeah. I like yes. That. I tomatin. actually, so when I was there at the distillery last year, I actually asked, like, how do you pronounce this? Because that's with all the distilleries. Like, how do you pronounce this? Brookladi or yeah, Kilhoman yeah. or whatever. Ledeg. Ledeg, exactly. So, same thing here. So, how do you pronounce that? Uh, tomatin. Tomatin. There you go. Tomatin Decades 2. Mm-hmm. which is a uh, single malt made from over 50 years of barreling yes. uh, in the organization. So it's so actually a kind of a blend. It's kind and of a blend. The oldest but it's not bottle is 50 yeah. years old and the youngest one is 15 or 20 or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's over the last decade. So yeah. there's a 80s, 90s, 2010. So 20, my guess yeah. is, yeah, 80s, 90s, 20s, 10s and 20s. Yeah, so... Man. Five decades. So mm, it mm, is mm, very, mm, very mm. cool. So that's the decades two, which we're looking forward to taste. I can't remember whether I've tasted any of this, you know. Have you? We have. Did we? Oh, we, we did. did it at yes. your place, didn't we? We did, yes. Yeah. righty. So that's the whiskey. So look forward to that in a little while. Um, that's pretty cool. First, we need to talk a little bit about tech. We yeah. do, yeah. We yes, need to talk about uh, send three and four pence. We're going to a dance, which yes. we'll explain a little <laughs> bit later on. Yes, which you had to explain like four times before I actually got it. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so um, by the time this comes out, um, we've had the Viva Around the World uh, Day conference, virtual conference. Yes. uh, Organized by some of the Viva Explorers. Viva Explorers. Mainly Kevin McDonnell um, has done that. So thank you, Kevin. And we've actually done, so by the time you hear this, we've done a session together, which probably will be findable on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, if you, if you search for uh, Viva Explorers um, and the venue, the title of the conference, they've got yeah. a whole site exactly. set up and they will, you'll be able to find the, the, yeah. uh, the presentations. And we're doing one session together. We are. Um, uh, one that you came up with a great title. 70% of projects fail. Fake news. Yes. All right. Everybody knows that, you know, you look on the internet of how many projects fail, and they say 70% of projects fail. And quite honestly, project managers would be out of a job if that was actually true. True, yeah. All right. And I, <laughs> I, I read an article, um, and I can't remember the gentleman's name because I've I closed the presentation down, but mm-hmm. we'll dig that out in a minute. It's got a great article on LinkedIn. So we'll put it in the notes yes, and, and a link to it where he actually analyzed that 70%. And I read that a few months ago, I think. And um, yeah, it came up with this thing saying, just a minute, if 70% of the projects do fail, then we would all know about them more often, you know? In fact, yeah. you would have an expectation that they fail. Well, so sometimes you do. So we decided... Yeah. So, so we we look at where this comes from, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a, a few quite famous people that's kind of made this statement. So, first of all, John Cotter. All right, yes. we've mentioned John Cotter before in our change programs. He's yeah. ten levels One of, the, of something. Yeah, so the big management guru. Yeah. Um, yes, and he created a book called Leading Change, where mm-hmm. he made the statement that seventy percent of projects fail because. There's not enough effort put into the corporate change. You're talking about change projects failing, yes. by the way, not rather than uh, yeah. all types of projects. But that, so, he also said, like this was what I, what he believed. Yes, that about seventy percent of the things will fail. Correct. So that yeah. that was the first statement. Of course, being John Cotter, everybody repeated it and everything else. You know, of course. Yes. And then uh, HBR, Harvard Business Review. Yes. Harvard Business Review. They're quoted as saying, "It is a brutal fact that." 70% of projects fail 
But if you read the article, they provide no evidence at all. Yeah, there's no statistics, no No, whatever. They just repeat the same statement. And then there's a a Journal of Change Management, and they looked at five projects that had failed, okay, Mm -hmm. to look at whether 70% of them had actually failed. And they said that there was no empirical evidence that those projects had actually, that 70% of that project had actually failed. Yeah. So, so which is weird because if you look at five projects, then I would guess it would either be like eighty percent failed or sixty. But whatever. why seventy? Hmm. But but have a look on the on the notes. Mm-hmm. There'll be a link there to the uh, to the article. It is worth a read. Uh, it's very very cool. It's about change management. But so we know that you know a lot of projects do fail. Yes. Okay. So whether it's seventy percent, we do projects all the time, so we know that. Sometimes a project fails. No, that is true. But do they really? Well, I think the I think it's fake news, but I think mm-hmm. it's the way you approach the project. So we're going to talk yeah. about Viva, all right, and the Viva applications in uh, in a little bit yeah. and, and in some depth. But the thing you have to remember is that there's successes in every project. Yes. All right. The project may not be 100% successful. It might only be 70% successful. It might only be 30% successful. Mm -hmm. All right. And a badly managed project, of course, will have more chance of failing. Mm -hmm. Projects without scope. How many times have you done a project where they never really scoped what they were trying to deliver? Way too often. Yeah. I mean, yes. I had a conversation or with... Or where they, in the middle of the project, just add a bunch of things <laughs> to the project. Yes, without really to thinking about the implications and the risks. Yeah. So it's fairly easy. But there's always successes in every project. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about how we can make sure that your projects stand more chance of succeeding and being successful. Meeting your goals. Meeting yeah. your goals, yeah. Um, and we live in the 80-20 world, so we'll... Yeah. We know some things are not going to work, but it's about being able to identify and, and make it look successful. Um, and, of course, we also want to be able to do that by prioritizing the things that are important. Okay. True. Like, you know, we, we talked about, um, uh, I talked about, hey, we have to paint these walls blue. So the scope of the project is let's paint these walls blue. Mm-hmm. And if you then, the first thing you need to do is you start from the bottom upwards. So we need to strip the wall, fill in the gaps, plaster it. You've lost the idea of the scope that the wall is going to be blue because you've started focusing on things that are not even going to be viewable in the project. So if you run out of time, run out of resources, get the wrong color of paint because you weren't focused correctly, then you your project will fail, even though it's perfectly, you know, prepared and sanded and everything else so the priority in that case is buy some blue paint that's the paint we're going to use put a sample on the wall make sure it's what you want to do so you've tested your scope and then obviously put the steps in to be able to succeed so i think that very it's about focusing on the good but yeah I, i totally get that but in the end if i'm gonna get a blue wall that is filled with holes and whatever that might not be the outcome that I want. I agree. I'm not suggesting that you don't do the wall and you don't fill the gaps and you don't sand it down. All I'm saying is that prioritize your outcomes and your delivery of those outcomes so that you guarantee yourself failure. So focus on the good parts of the project. And the good part of the project is let's go choose the blue color so that that outcome is going to be guaranteed. So, hey, we're going to do something in IT. I don't want to, get to start digging into Viva at the moment, but mm. let's say we get, we, well, no, let's do that, actually. We want to be able to give people better time management. Yeah. All right. So we're going to use insights. Mm-hmm. But before we start working out the change and everything else, let's just do a POC. Quick mm-hmm. and dirty test whether this works with five people. Give them the new program. Stick them over a cup of coffee. Tell them how it works. And just make sure that your scope is going to work. Mm-hmm. And then at least as you start to roll out everything else, you know that you're going to have some successes. Yeah. You may not get 100% of the people using 
insights for example as a mm-hmm. viva product mm-hmm. but at least you know that those that are using it it is successful it's running on your program yeah. you're, you're and that they deliver the feedback yep. that you need to properly scope the rest of the project yep. so do the POC and then think about how you're going to do the change and that that way by focusing on the good like hey we know this works then you've got a better incentive to keep going you've mm-hmm. got a target that you're aiming for paint the wall blue buy the blue paint you know and then you know that it will end up blue yep. even if some parts of it don't end up looking as good as you want but then that's about how you deliver the project true so by setting the outcome you stand a better chance of success yes the other thing is then if we think about viva and an it project you're looking at me all confused. No, you've no, got no, no idea no, where I'm no, going next. No. I'm the one that can read the notes on I the know, board. I know, I know, I know. That's all right. It doesn't matter. Um, so is that your project will be better for some people. So that idea of the, you know, the insights, those that dig into it will get some value from it. Exactly. It's just like, so. so for the last year or so, I've been doing a session around having better meetings in teams. And one of the statistics that came out is that about 10% of the people are responsible for about 80% of the meetings in your organization. Say that again. So 10% of the people in your organization are responsible for about 80% of the meetings in your organization. So you've got a Is bun- that true? You've got a number of people constantly in meetings while everyone else just have has meetings rarely. And those that don't have meetings aren't successful? No, it's about focusing your efforts to the people that might need it the most or might benefit the most. So if you're going to push, for example... Viva topics to people that have been in your organization for 30 years, they might not see the value because ah. they already know all the topics. Same thing with Viva Insights. If I'm not overworked, if my agenda is not full, I've got time to do everything. Would Viva Insights really benefit me? So it, it's more about focusing on the people that might actually need it and that might have a problem that you can fix because you can do it in the mix. Okay, that's cool. I like that. All right, so let's let's just go through um, that list then. That uh, So focus on the good. Then at least some people will always improve, so you will get some value out of the project. Yeah. Identify the successes. So yeah. like, you know, the objectives and measurement and, you know, the scope. Understand yes. what you're trying to deliver. Yes. Uh, and don't let anybody change the blooming scope on you, all right? If it is, <laughs> tell them that it'll cost more money and then they'll run away. Clarify mm. the outcomes. So we talked about smooth wall and the blue paint. Yes. You know, then clarify those and prioritize them. See, that is actually, like for me, that's the golden nugget. Clarify your outcomes. Yeah, okay. I, I will write down what the outcomes are that I want to have. But prioritizing them, that's to me the golden nugget. It reminds me of that sticker that we that you gave me about the agile thing, like I've got 99 problems and I've ordered them all based on priority. I love that sticker and I wish I had more room on my laptop to put it on there because I love that. Yeah. No, it's true. So clarifying the outcomes, it basically means you'll focus on the ones that deliver most value. Yes. All right. And if you you have the top 10 outcomes in order attached to your wall, then you can see what you're trying to deliver. And and when you need to make a decision, you go back to that list and go, actually, my top outcome is this. So that's what I'm going to to put into play. So is this something that we can use Fever Goals for? Um, Absolutely, it is, actually. Yeah, in terms of the applications, yes, it is. Because I haven't really played with Viva Goals. I don't know if you can actually prioritize your key results uh, or your I'm speaking on, on Viva Goals at um, Collab Days Netherlands. Aha. I'm, so set, I'm talking about the framework for yeah, uh, goals. Cool. So um, not actually how to deliver it, how to set it up and all that, but how to create the framework for you to be able to be successful with Viva Goals. Nice. All yes. Right. So now, And uh, we're not actually doing it at the same time. I saw the program okay. the other day. 
So that's I good. haven't seen it yet. So oh good. All right. So anyway, so yep. So clarify your outcomes mm-hmm. and then deliver we've talked about this a lot already, but deliver the high value stuff based on that scope. So if your scope is to do this and these are your outcomes and your deliverables, then make sure you do them. And then, you know, be pragmatic. It, not everything will go the way you want it to go. That's the art of project management, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. You know? Yes. So the blue that scope, you paint on the wall might when it's dry. It might look a little funky. Not if you've tested it first as part of your POC. Ah, so you've tested okay. it, you've come down with a cup of coffee in your hand and you're staring at it and you go, that's mm. what I'm after. Yeah. And then you know that your outcome will be as it's expected. Okay. So, so be pragmatic. Understand that some things aren't going to work. Mm-hmm. But if it's item number 10 on your list of 10 items and it's not going to work, don't bother putting the effort in. Go, already mark it down. We are going to fail on this area yeah. because your value is in number one items, and number two yeah. and number three. Mm-hmm. So, so it's about being pragmatic and stuff like that. So, it's, so when you're trying to be a good project manager and you've got like six priorities, would you like make up three that you know will never happen so that you can at least say in the beginning like, <laughs> oh, no, we're going to fail on this one. So we're not going to, yeah. I, I honestly think that um, I have a weird way of prioritizing things. I know I'm playing with this cable. I'm going to stand up a little bit, actually. Um, I have a weird way of prioritizing things, and my team at the moment are kind of slowly getting used to it because they said, oh, well, let's put a prioritization column in. And now, sure. I, okay, yeah, that's cool. So they went, you know, high, low, medium. Okay. I went, no, no, no. <laughs> Make it a number column, please. Yes. What do you mean make it a number column? And make it a unique column, please. So you can't have the same number in any columns. And don't use seven. I know. I actually say and number it from one to a hundred. Okay. Because I can put in five and then I can say that's a ten. And if I need to put a seven in, I can put a seven in. Exactly, yes. All right. But I, I never put the same number in twice. Yeah. So whenever we have a decision, we go back to that list of epics and features um, and then we go, look, that is actually a higher priority and that's going to support that. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Actually, um, how I used to do this for a few projects already was when I had a meeting with the executives uh, around priorities of the of the project i would bring some monopoly money and i would give everyone some monopoly money i would say okay these are the 10 outcomes give money to the outcome that matters to you most and then in the end you just count how much money is in every stable i love that you can just uh, say okay this one had thirty thousand on it so that's going to be priority number one brilliant and it's I've fun. I've never done that. Yeah, it's no, fun. that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. I give everybody a dot. Go and stick a little dot on there, but not anymore. Nah. I'm going to raid my Monopoly. Mm. That is superb. Well, Parker we should games. go up with some <laughs> Office 365 project dollars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Neat, neat. Distilled money. Distilled money, <laughs> yes. Oh, cool. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, so, so that's how to be successful. What's interesting is that in this podcast, as we're working through this, we're going to start off with the positive and finish with the negatives. Because mm-hmm. we're going to start talking about why projects fail. Sure. Actually, why don't we start talking about why projects fail? And let's specifically talk about why it's impossible to deliver Viva. Ooh, all right. Now, I, I think that... You had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Ooh, that's cool. Get a hat. That's mm. uh, the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in... Ooh, that Western... Mm, forgot the name. Okay, anyway, doesn't matter. Django. Django Unchained. Oh, man. He that says that when, when, he, when he breaks the glass in his hand. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway... Anyway... So, I mean, listen, I've, I've got no proof of this at this point in time. It's just that as I look at this pragmatically, I think, how? I really don't, I don't at this point work out how you can actually, I'll explain it first. All right, so look, Microsoft has now got three stables of, con- of products, okay? AI, 
Four SharePoint. Stables. <laughs> no, okay, no, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. You know, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to not... I suppose we had to say it, didn't we? Nah. Uh, here we go. 29 minutes in and you said AI. AI. Okay. So whoever bet on that, <laughs> congrats. Yeah. Your uh, office receipt's $5. Yeah. All right. Um, so we have three three groups of stables products. We've got office applications or enterprise applications, mm-hmm. PowerPoint, Word, Da, 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 da. We have Office 365 applications or Microsoft 365 applications, OneDrive, SharePoint, Forms, Enterprise blah, blah, blah. applications, yeah. yes. And uh, and then we have Viva applications. Yeah. Insights, topics. The rubbish ones. No, I mean the uh, special ones. Yes. No, they're all yeah. epic, but they're all three different groups. And if you think about it, I'm fairly certain that 10 years ago, Microsoft would not have been able to tell you that's what we're aiming for. Exactly, because 10 years ago, I mean, BPOS would be like Exchange and SharePoint. And yeah. now it's it's actually in, in the courses that I teach, I'm always starting with uh, Matt, whose last name now slips from my head. He's got this periodic table of... Oh, yes, Matt, of, Matt um, the guy's... Office 365 yeah. applications. Yeah. And I've got a screenshot of last year, how many apps you had. And then my next slide is, so now we've got this many apps. And it's, it's almost double the applications. Well, if you, it, it, it is improving. But let's just take those yes. groups of applications because this is where the problem comes in. Yeah. So your productivity apps are Excel. I need to do some calculations. I know the application I need to use. It's a no-brainer. Yes. Uh, if I need to do a presentation, I know the application they're going to use. It's a no-brainer. Actually, yes. my team are currently saying, why are you using PowerPoint? Just use Notepad. And they were trying to dare somebody to do a presentation using Notepad the other day. And he, he was sensible and he used PowerPoint. But okay. it was an interesting TED Talk kind of scenario, you know. I, so a few weeks ago, I was talking to a vendor and they were using Whiteboard to deliver a presentation. Uh, funny enough, I did that the other day. Oh. I dropped it into it because you know when you don't, do it, it's not your first choice. No, but anyway, that's the second group of apps. Anyway. The first group of apps is there's purpose to using the apps. Okay, yes. So they're apps with purpose, and, and I easy. know that if I do yeah. that, I know what I'm going to get as an output. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Right, then we talk to Microsoft 365. Mm-hmm. Um, and the value, of course, of the first ones is that I am creating PowerPoint presentations. I'm doing Excels. I'm sharing yes. them around on email yes. with everybody. Creating knowledge. All good stuff. Now, when we talk about Microsoft 365 applications, they're corporate apps enterprise in the main. Apps, yes. They're enterprise mm-hmm. apps, yeah. But the enterprise actually has value out of being successful for Microsoft 365. So, hey, everybody's on OneDrive, so it can be shared easily. It's mm-hmm. protected. It's got security. It's got sensitivity labels. SharePoint, I can sync down to the laptops. I can collaborate with people, MS Teams, to collaborate. I can do forms. I can do lists. Yeah. I can manage my data. All of it is on the basis of being able to share things with people, it's protected in the cloud, especially mm-hmm. if you're backing it up with Cloud Ally. Then it's all there forever. Ooh, you like nice. that? Nice. Marie. This one go. is free. This one yeah, is this on one's us. free. Yes. Yeah, this one's um, And so there's, there's a way of driving those and mm-hmm. there's a way of measuring those. Hey, 60% of our organization is now doing OneDrive. They've, yes. You know, there's 65,000 documents now stored yeah. on. We've migrated. All that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. in play. And so that's your second set. Then we end up with Viva apps. All right? Mm-hmm. Mm, does it mm-hmm. give me anything? Mm-hmm. As an individual, do I get anything? I might use Insights, but I'm not driven because the value out of it might or might not be. I'm just... It might give you a window into your organization. For example, with topics, it might give you more clarity around certain words that are being used with goals it might give you insight in how important certain you're clutching your straws are. now aren't you? it's all might yeah. it's yes it's it's not got purpose no it's not really true it's not got production or productivity value in terms of the output from it and it's not got corporate drive and value behind it mm-hmm. it's a personal application mm-hmm. so i've gone from productivity to collaboration, to personal. Gotcha. And 
Is there a measurement tool in Viva that says, hey, use all these Viva apps and you will get happier people, which is what they're selling, of course. Yeah. Empowered people. Mm -hmm. But I'm more empowered if I've got Excel and PowerPoint and I'm creating some documents. True. Um, But personally Hmm. empowered. So it's impossible to deliver Viva, I think, as a change project. That's not really true. Let's just rephrase it and stop being too extreme. It's nearly impossible to deliver Viva. It's very, very difficult to measure the success and your outcomes on a Viva project. So 70% actually might not be fake news for Viva applications because hmm. you've got to find some way of measuring it. So this is where my we talked about this on the podcast just recently, uh, and that, of course, is um, XLAs. Oh, yes. So the experience level agreements that you have between you and your customers, and I'm also speaking about that in uh, Viva Around the World as well. Uh, I've got that session, I think, on Friday afternoon. I think it is there anyway. I've got so many speaks to do this June, it's uh, killing me. Um, But, um, yeah, so delivering – so I think getting that into play. Now, can I just tell you how to do this? No, I can't. Because every organization is going to be different. Will you roll all the Viva apps what a, out What a in typical one consultant answer. It's going it, to depend. It is definitely going to depend. It's, okay. it's going to be hard work. Of so, course. Yeah. Um, and, and Microsoft, I don't think, are helping here a little bit. All right. So God bless everybody in Microsoft. And, and you know, I don't know whether any of you are listening to me, but you know, you offer me all of these tools at 10 euros a month and a special offer. The, I mean, there's no way that they're going to get used just like that for my 10 euros per user per month. They, and bring back enough revenue to offset that the 10 cost. euro. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is, is, is Viva Applications going to reduce my turnover of staff? Possibly. Maybe, Is yeah. it, you know. Now, one thing that it is going to do, and bigger picture here, this is the value in it in terms of uh, Viva apps, bigger picture. This is turning into the Steve Dolby podcast, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm, yeah. Is that I believe these apps have the capability of delivering internal community internal community where people actually share how insights and what it's told them and how they've managed to share some time and hey you've got no meetings in your calendar today no i haven't because i've actually allowed insights to go through and and create my working space yeah yeah and and, you know i i'm able to do this and insights actually told me that i i only have three percent of my time available for collaboration or i or, mm-hmm. You know, my email insights is, and it's provided a lot of information for within the organization to be community driven about their stress levels, about their ease of work, about the tools that add value. So when you do a change project around Viva, you don't generally talk about the applications, I don't think. I think you talk about how you as an individual can get value by being able to manage your time better or being able to access communications from the organization clearer, uh, being able to have a tool that says, hey, this is what I think, and management in the organization to be able to get those anonymous feedback items. And it's, it's in this gray space, but I don't think we're quite there yet on how we can successfully deliver that out in terms of getting the real value. Isn't it all having to do with creating a good um, atmosphere in the organization to openly talk about these things, uh, but also to, in your team, give clear directives to say, like, we're going to have a no-meeting Friday, we are going to encourage everyone to have um, uh, focus hours. We're going to encourage everyone to create topic pages uh, to align with the goals. Uh, like, for example, if we're having a, a weekly meetup with the whole team, we're always going to start with these are the goals, these are the objectives, um, and this is how we are going to contribute to them. So isn't it all... It's it's personal apps to deliver better productivity as a person, but it should always be seen from 
the standpoint from a team, I guess. No, I think you're absolutely spot on. And this is where we're back to clarifying your outcomes. So your outcomes are not going to be necessarily, hey, we get more messages delivered per person, or hey, we're we going to do less meetings. A, no, a, 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 this is not, not about that. No. But well, your outcome may well be we're going to do less meetings, and we're going to do less meetings by utilizing these yeah. tools. We want to have a better productivity, and therefore we might have less meetings that don't contribute to our productivity. Maybe, but I, I yes, or something obviously. like that. No, no, Whatever. no, no, no yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're not wrong. What I'm trying to say is that where we we were rolling out OneDrive, you would say, "Hey, look, you've got access to your content all the time. You can synchronize it. Destiny, you can get to it in your mobile. They're all physical responses. There are clear you can share benefits it. Yeah. Okay. in using it. Yes. If we're talking about um, Viva Learning, mm -hmm. okay, we can actually turn around and say, "Hey, you can get your courses here, yep. which will have zero real value and outcome." Unless you work in a pharmaceutical company and you need your mandatory trainings to I'm be done I'm fairly certain by. that Microsoft did not invent Viva Learning just for this pharmaceutical or banking industry. I'm industries. sure they didn't, no. But, I know. But if, you, if you're trying to change the outcome of your people or the, your, the outlook of your people, mm -hmm. then Viva Learning is a tool to deliver that message to show them how they can change. Yes. So... What you have to do is to get people into the point where they want to change and they know where the tools are. Mm -hmm. And you measure that using Pulse. So you go, hey, yeah. do you feel you've got more of a community? And so there's an application to do that. Mm -hmm. So when you're rolling out the Viva applications, it's not about going, hey, we're going to do Viva Learning. Here's your six training courses. Hey, you know, turn on Engage because that's the way you're now going to receive content from X and Y. It's actually really about doing the soft the soft skills no that's the wrong word i'm looking for um it's about doing the uh, essences you want to introduce across your organization and then these tools support that in the way you're going so your communications is not about using a particular tool it's about what that tool will bring to us as an organization because we're improving the way we communicate or we're improving the way we manage our time okay okay i can see that I can see that, yes. So let's talk about why that won't work. Exactly, yes. <laughs> because I've already got so many examples in my head, yes. No, I, mm -hmm. I, I think this is why it's difficult. This is why it's the most difficult of those three stables of applications yes. to actually try and do. In that it's not about new application, get it on everybody's desktop, show them how to use it. It's not a productivity app. So no. it's, it's, and that's why. It's not like Sway, for instance. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I get let's, it. I let's get put it. an application that we know will fail. There we go. Try exactly. It. All right. So, first of all, then, just a few reasons because actually it's, it's already 43 minutes in. All so. right. So, we've got seven, seven reasons why projects fail or yeah, why FIFA the first, might fail. The, they're in priority. We've got order. seven minutes. Brilliant. <laughs> nice. Bring it. No executive sponsorship. I know that's what we've written down there. It feels a bit harsh, mm -hmm. but... You we talked about that before, and I, I said that I don't care about executive sponsorship because if my CEO says, yes, we'll use that, that doesn't mean anything to me. No, but, but if, but if you're trying to change the internal community to make it more open to new ideas then they have to live that work because yes. literally now they have to be involved with the way the organization yes. is going to progress or work. And also, if you want to build a community, you need to have the mandate, you need to have the, the go-ahead from management to actually say, okay, go and build that community. It's not a yes. I agree with you uh, in terms of they need to support it, like building the community. But they literally need to work by the examples. Yes, you know, um, yes. and they need to kind of sort of say that this is uh, what the organization is going to be yeah. like in three years, sure. and this is the yeah. journey, and we're going to 
use those they tools. need to come up with the objectives for yeah. my goals they need to be doing storylines and stories in viva engage they need to take yes. every opportunity to show by example yep. how exactly. how the board is communicating better because we find that we we are able to use these tools to share and collaborate which is fine so we're mm. back to using our collaboration tools or even our productivity tools but being able to work together on there in a you know in a far more open way yes so we need executive sponsorships we need or... we need to understand what the executives need and where they think the organization is going to go so your internal comms team are probably going to feed that back into yes. the organization and then obviously deliver those regular messages nice all right all right cool and, and the problem i find with this to be fair is it's a bit wishy-washy because it's uh, difficult yes. to say hey collaborate you're gonna earn this value in it it's not it's about you know empowering the people to be the best people they can be mm-hmm. and so making sure that the environment that you're creating for your organization allows them to be the best people that they can be because that's your outcome you know we want more innovation we would like to have you know or it may well be we actually need to be more focused on our processes and our production yeah so as an organization we're going to focus on you know delivery and and where we're going to go and we're going to be able to deliver those key messages through the viva apps the viva learning because we're about to change or we're empowering the organization all right Uh, data and privacy concerns Mm -hmm. yeah delve too yes Yes. You've got to get this one nipped in the bud. People yes. need to understand that Viva apps are about themselves. Tell them all the security stuff you can do, but you know they can see it. You can mm-hmm. talk to your friend and say, oh, what does Insight tell you? What it's telling me is da-da-da-da-da and what it's telling you, and people will start to quickly realize it's something different. Yeah, but, but also, know. for example, the reporting on your team in Viva Insights, that will only show up when you've got at least three people uh, giving you an answer. Otherwise, it will not show anything because that's not private enough. Yeah, and I think that we, we are talking about trying to change an organization's the way it works, the ethos is in the organization. So you're already into the touchy-feely stuff. Yes. So being able to I put like in... I like touchy-feely stuff. I know yeah. you like touchy-feely stuff. But you're not touchy-feeling me at all. So no. I don't care how much <laughs> but you that's like otherwise me. we get overlap from the microphones. That's so. true. Yes. We have to keep yeah, our yeah, distance. Yeah. But so, yeah, so getting those data privacy concerns, mm-hmm. letting people know that nothing's changed, anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course... It's like everything else, resistance to change is always there. But when we're yes. talking about we're changing together, then when you have one person resistance, that idea of, you know, that uh, person that is a laggard that's dragging everybody else back, it's even worse in an environment where you're trying to change the ethos, ethics, thinking. It's true, but it's also, I think, a little part of oh, it's extra things that I need to think of it's extra thing that i need to say okay and i'm gonna do a virtual commute i'm now gonna book focus time i'm now gonna check if my tasks align with the objective so there is a bunch of extra work needed there as well so that might also increase that resistance to change well i think that that's a perfect example of the differences we get in the organization some people they work in the office five days mm-hmm. a week because, hey, man, I just like being in the office. My home line is is not really suitable oh. for working mm-hmm. or I just don't focus enough. Yeah. And so some people five days a week. Some people, you struggle to get into the office at all. They've never yeah. been in for three weeks. It's not that they haven't been working or anything along those lines. It's just they've been, you know, working from yeah. home and they do everything through sure. teams and blah, blah, blah. Oh. Um, and then, you know, you get the other one that says, you know, guys, we need to discuss this subject and it would just be better if we're in the same room you know, with the post-its, with the dots, with our Office 365 Monopoly money to prioritize our work, you know. And so people need to be more flexible about those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. so that's another, that's the kind of change you're trying to get people to, to yep. move towards. Yep. But then you've got these in a fear. I mean, it's less nowadays, but, you know, a year ago with at the end of, of COVID and all the concerns that people still had. So, and then Mm. the next one is poor communications and training, you know, getting the right messages in there, identifying that is key. So important. Yes. Uh, Training, again, you've got the inbuilt 
teams and and applications and learning and all that kind of stuff so uh, that works and then i just really rush in the other ones because they're a bit obvious but you know uh, a lack of integration in change so change needs to be integrated in all of their processes and all the do and the work they need to do in their ways of communicating yes and i have to say the viva teams need to do some work on this so for example viva insights is integrated in outlook it's integrated in teams but you can do different things in outlook than you can do in teams yeah and and it's um, a little bit the same as uh, amplify with mm -hmm. the distribution channels you've yes. got this great message that looks great on a web page uh, you've got to make sure that it looks great on an email if that's what you're going to deliver or anything else exactly. so you have to yes. understand yes. the strengths and weaknesses yes but there are cool things coming like for example goals going to be integrated into your planner for example into your to-do yeah so that's I that's a very agree. cool idea yeah mm -hmm. no i think that microsoft being able to take that kind of corporate um uh content approach where you know it can be shared and viewed and yeah uh, and bringing those kinds of things in viva is going to work mm -hmm. um, lack of integration we've talked about lack of personalization or customization uh, we're on the edge of ai here aren't we but we we've seen a bunch of stuff that which we'll cover at a later date but yes it really is about understanding what the individuals need to be able to drive change. And sometimes that will require personalization and customization yes. mm -hmm. to approach those groups of people. Yeah. So um, the obvious one is the guys sitting on the production line building your boxes, screws, tops, and painting them blue is going to have a different set of requirements to build community spirit, corporate uh, ownership than people in the finance department. And so, you know, the same tool will not suit the all the individuals across the organization true yeah yeah it's it's one of the things that i currently kind of hate about viva connections is that it so we spend all that money and all that time in creating a really nice intranet and now viva connections is adding their dashboard just in front of it so that people now need an extra click to go there that's, I think, because we're back to what tool you use. So in our productivity, we know it's very clear what tool I use. Once you get into the cloud, mm -hmm. a lot of, of cross around. But if I'm in MS Teams, it's about getting to my data and collaborating on yeah. that data. It's not about having a pretty intranet within Teams. Mm -hmm. Intranet is SharePoint True. application, yeah. and that's going to change, of course, all those new cool pages. Mm -hmm. so i think it's even even clearer to to from where that goes so look they're the things that you need to look out for some of those uh positives that we talked about will will obviously cancel out some of those reasons for failure so 70 percent fake yeah fake news well, let's do a bit of an overview after we've tasted a whiskey yeah sounds you're good gonna, i will pour, pour? all right you so will let's talk talk to you about uh, this uh, tomatin, is that how they said it? Tomatin, okay. I'm very, very bad at names, as everybody knows me. So this is um, a Highland uh, single malt whiskey. Um, it's taken from five decades of casks, a uh, mixture of American and European oak casks. So, for example, they actually have... Um, uh, re-charred French oak casks, uh, ex-sherry, so they've basically, uh, uh, what do they call it when they scrape the inside out? Yeah, what's stripped, there we go. Stripped the inside out and then basically down to uh, uh, more oakiness in there rather mm -hmm. than the, the coloured from the barrels. And it's a marriage of casks from, as I said, five decades. Um, and, I think that uh, sounds better than blend. Uh, I think so. Well, it's not a blend. I mean, it is a single malt, so legitimately yeah. it's not... It's a, the it's, same whiskey, but... It's the same fields, yeah. yeah it's exactly. not from different distilleries, so, exactly. so it's yeah. not blended that a way. A marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like, color-wise... Um, elegant. Yes. It is very elegant, yes. isn't it? It looks a little bit like iced tea, um, but yeah, it's nothing... Nothing bad to be said. It's not too dark, like overly sherry. It's not too like. So, yeah, I like that. The tasting notes that we were looking at it, people were saying it takes a few minutes in the glass to really start to develop. Mm -hmm. And they're not wrong. Yeah, because if I, if I smell it, I, I kind of smell lots of rye, actually. 
Yeah. I can understand that. It's it's a rye kind of smell. Well, it's oh. not got the aromatics of a, a, a full rye. Or no, a, no, it's not. But I kind of, yeah, get that as a get, um, major tone. Um, orangey citrus. Not lemon citrus, but orange citrus. Maybe, yes. Like fruitcake-y. Yeah, but not, not in a light way. In a, in a dark... This is a subtle nose. Oh, of o- course. Other than the fact that it's at 50-something percent. So that basically means you get a lot of alcohol in the nose. True, true. If you can keep that away by just holding the glass. It's very nice nose, actually. Let's see what it, it says. Is. Yeah. It's a, it unfolds creamy, lemon zest, lots of dried fruits, uh, almond biscuits, mango, oriental spices, curry and cardamom. No. I- Kind of get that a little bit, yes. Just like the Paul John also has some of that Indian spices in there. Cardamom. I kind of That's get a bit that. like your rye, your cardamom is, yeah. is that kind of spice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to taste a little and then do a new nose. All right. Cool. Cool, cool. Now, I have to say it is a very complex whiskey. It is something that you will not just zip or take shots off also no. because of the price but uh yes i can imagine this is is quite expensive so once you take a, a sip and you then nose the whiskey again the harshness disappears as you're sort of uh i do get that lemon zest on the mm. first taste i i i, I get though, orange i do get orange uh, toasted yeah caramelized it does. Nice. Get, yeah, it does take away that stingy alcohol. Yeah. So it's a creamy taste, oily, uh, tropical fruits, pleasant reserve, but it isn't. But it, the, the nose is actually more complex than the palate. But the finish is rather spectacular. Yes. And I do get like those Indian herbs. Yeah. Do absolutely. Uh, Get in there. It's a fabulously chewy whiskey. Mm-hmm. Very good mouthfeel. Yes. And it doesn't look that oily, but in your mouth it just spreads so evenly and so well. Yeah. Let me add mm. just a little bit of water in there. Just to see what that brings to the table. I only have a few drops in my glass. I'm not going to fill it up. I don't want to blow it. Ooh, it makes the nose a little more sour. Mm. But I do get a sour note in the mouth as well. Mm. There's something that just pulls away my teeth. You just forgot to glue them in this morning. I think so, yeah. This is a lovely drink. Yes. Something that requires a, a fireplace. Maybe. A nice uh, armchair with those big ear <laughs> rests. Chesterfield. Uh, yeah. No, it's no, not called Chesterfield. It's no. the low one, isn't it? What do they call those big wing ear, chairs? Yeah. Ear chairs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A drop it is of water nice. makes a very pleasant change to yes. it. Yes, it improves it a lot. Mm. Well, improves, well, not that it needs any improvement, but I think it, it opens it, it up. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, boys, thank you very much for that. Um, that is very nice. I'm going to enjoy the rest of that bottle, I think. Yeah. And it won't go down as quickly as some of the others that we drank in the last mm. few weeks because it's not that it's not a it's a it's, sipping whiskey. Yes, yes, yes. So in normally fact, when we taste the whiskey, the I just taste. pour a little bit in the glasses, and I immediately it's it's all gone. And now there's some left in my glass that I will enjoy after we finish the podcast because I it's just something that you don't. You're going to pour a glass, and it's going to last an hour. Yes, exactly. So if you have a bar or a restaurant 
don't put this on the menu <laughs> no. because people will not drink anything else. Well, and, they, they and also they won't there. leave on time. You'll yes. be hanging around. That exactly. is very, very nice. So, All right. So to conclude. Decades 2, uh, Tomatin, yeah. Highland Whiskey, um, and highly recommended if you can get a bottle a very, very limited edition, and it came out a few years ago. So there's none left at the distillery, so you mm -hmm. need to try and find somebody that's uh, that's got one around. But if you visit the distillery, they always have like... Uh, one casks, under the counter. Casks open that you can also yeah. like buy a little dram of. And well, I have to say, I was there a few months ago uh, with the missus, and we did like a little tasting of a few things that they have open, and they're all spectacular this is one of my favorite distilleries fine nice. to say you, yeah. yeah you show me some pictures yeah. isn't it it's very close to one of the others is this the one that you got two or three on the same no road? it's uh, it's it's not that far off from inverness yeah, okay. when you're driving back <coughs> to south um but yeah it's it's very nice inverness is highland i thought that was Speyside. doesn't no, matter yeah, geography was highland. never yeah, my main matter. subject yeah. doesn't really matter scotland We'll look it up. Yes, exactly. So, uh, to sum up the podcast today, 70% fail, fake news. I think so. I think it's fake news. If you plan yes. it properly, if you identify your successes, work exactly. towards them yes. in a priority order, then you'll deliver high value on the project. Exactly. And then it will probably be more like 90%. A fail. Yes, a fail. <laughs> yes, exactly. No. So I think um, the, the, the biggest golden nugget I get from this, and you, you explained this to me earlier, is that there's success in every project. Correct. So even if you don't succeed on, on all the things, there is still success. Even if you haven't moved over everyone in your organization, it will have value for a number of people. Yeah, and we, we, we should be very clear here. We're talking about change projects. We're yes. talking about rolling out a new application, mm -hmm. changing the way people work, yeah. as opposed to just, hey, we've got a new application, and all you do is go stamp, stamp, uh, and away you go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so we, we, we are talking about, you know, being able to change the way that the organization approaches um each other, the teams, mm -hmm. the, the way they communicate with each other. Um, send three and fourpence, we're going to a dance, you know? Send three and fourpence, <laughs> we are going to a dance. Explain, elaborate. <laughs> All right, well, look, let's, let's just take one of the applications. Let's take Amplify. Okay? Yes. So it's not there yet. It's a, 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 an application in Viva that is due to be released. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that it's going to help you be, to be able to communicate within the organization. Mm -hmm. So as an individual, the one that you constantly complain about, which is, you know, do I get my emails or do I communicate by messenger or chat or do I mm -hmm. go by Yammer and everything else? Well, from a corporate communications perspective, we are going to be able to say, look, I'm going to send this message out and it will arrive in your Yammer feed if that's where you want to go to or it will arrive in your email, depending on how you set this thing up. And, and again, I got a whole presentation on, on mm -hmm. setting this up okay. uh, that, that is covered. Um, and the idea is that once you've seen it in whichever application, then it disappears from the rest. Okay. So, that, so yeah. you get there. Now, that's about communicating. So one of the first things I would potentially look to roll out, even though it's not available yet, from all of these applications and change, is one that's going to allow me to get those messages communicated. Okay. And there's... We talked about uh, different layers in the organization and how you deliver messages. Well, send three and fourpence, we're going to a dance, is a classic miscommunication. And it goes back to when we pass messages on word for word. I don't know whether you've done a communications class where you whisper. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is terrible. Yeah. yeah. And this is a classic. So mm -hmm. in the First World War, they were in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And so messages, they have no radio. We don't have the kind of stuff we have today. So they pass the message on that says, hey, send reinforcements. We're going to advance. And by the time it arrived at the command, it was send three and fourpence. We're going to a dance. Three and fourpence is three shillings and four pence. We're all going to give her a dance. So it's a classic message that arrived. Send three and fourpence. We're going to a dance. But reality was... It was it, something yeah. else. Okay. And, and that's what Viva is supposed to try and help. It's 
to be to get the common messages, the common changes, where the organization needs to take their workforce, the kind of things the workforce should be doing, like, you know, improve the communications with each other, uh, be able to manage their time a little bit better and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, if there's one message here, clear communications for Viva applications and identify the change you want in the organization because the Viva toolset allows you to drive those changes, reassure people this is the place they want to work, etc., etc. They're empowering the workforce. Nice. Okay. And with those wise words... Wise words. I think it's time to close down number 114. 114, yes. So 151 podcasts. Jeez. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> and I'm not going to say how wonderful it's been because I've said that no, so many times. No, we've said that so many times. So we'll but never I have say to that say, again. Um, every month we're getting more and more listeners, so that means we must be doing something right. I think we're doing things very right that we'd have yeah. given weeks and weeks and years and years ago otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So that's cool. All right. So June's going to be a busy time, guys. Uh, by the time you listen to this, you'll be able to listen to the actual presentation uh, mm -hmm. on uh, Journey on Viva Around the World. And uh, we'll make sure the link is in the notes. So yeah. Steve Dolby's going to say goodbye and hand over to Moraine. So ciao from me, Sai Steve, on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Not that you really care. Listen to the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. And Moraine, over to you. Bye-bye. Hey!